Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit gets fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Whatever it is you need to learn uh, to overcome the situation that you're facing or dealing with, the Lord already knows, and He wants to show us. He wants to give it to us if we will focus on Him and listen to Him, give Him the opportunity to do so. And that's one of the things that faith school is. It's a time where you turn other things off, and you're not just listening to me. You and I, all of us together, we're looking to Him. We're listening to Him to tell us, to show us, uh, to add to our faith the next parts that we need. This is not just believing some general concept. We're believing for details to apply to our life right now to overcome whatever is causing us an issue, causing us a problem. And this is what the Lord wants for us. And so that's why we say what we say uh, confession-wise. That's why we pray what we pray. We're releasing faith. So let's do it right now. Father, all of us agree together, asking for the anointing, asking for the answers, the direction, revelation of truth that makes free. We give you all the praise, all the thanks for it. We thank you for every victory in our lives. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go please to 1 John 5 again. We've been uh, camping on this for some time. We're calling Faith That Overcomes. And it's from 1 John 5 and verse 4. It says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Well, if you've been born again, born from above, you've received Jesus as your Lord and that amazing change has happened on the inside of you. You are a born overcomer. You are a born one who triumphs and succeeds and wins. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Then he tells you how it happens. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Say that out loud, please. This is the victory, is the victory overcomes the world, that overcomes the world, even my faith. Even my faith. Even my faith. Now, we saw uh, in previous lessons and study, we talked about the spirit of fear and we talked about the spirit of uh, faith. And with that turning there, I'll just review just a little bit. In uh, 2 Timothy, uh, 1 and 7, 2 Timothy 1 and 7, it says, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. 
And then in 2 Corinthians 4.13, it talks about we having the same spirit of faith. Uh, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak because we got the same spirit of faith that the ones who believed and spoke had. So said out loud, spirit of faith, spirit of, faith. Spirit of fear. Uh, we talked yet on yesterday about how faith is a choice. And you know, the Lord said to people during his earthly ministry, some folks, he said, how is it that you have no faith? One of the times he said, how are you so full of fear? How is it that you have no faith? And see, that goes together. Being full of fear, no faith. If you're full of faith, no fear. <laughs> Can you see that? Or if you're partially full. We, we want to displace the fear and doubt out of our lives. We want to be full of faith. Full of faith. So there was some, he said, how are you so full of fear? How is it that you have no faith? Or you're so fearful? And then to others, he said, O ye of little faith. And then to a few, he said, I hadn't seen such great faith like this in the whole country. So there is the spirit of fear and the spirit of faith. And these are not just mental positions. Uh, fear involves more than the mind. It, it affects the mind for sure, but it affects the whole um, whole being. People who are yielding to fear, I mean your heart rate speeds up, your, your blood pressure comes up, uh, maybe you start perspiring profusely. That's not just a mental concept, <laughs> right? What's going on here? Spirit, spirit of fear. Well then, uh, on the other side of that is the spirit of faith. We which have believed do enter into rest. Hallelujah. The, the stronger your faith is, you just lean back on the everlasting arms. Hallelujah. Heart rate slows down. <laughs> Blood pressure comes down. No need to sweat. <laughs> Come on, can you see this? And the peace of God that passes uh, understanding keeps your heart and your mind. Why? How can it be that way when you've got situations, maybe you've got trouble on every side because you know in whom you have believed and you are persuaded that he's able to keep what you've committed to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know who you trust and, and you, you're just not concerned or afraid that you're not going to make it because he always causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. I don't have to panic that I'm not going to make it because he's already made it for me and he's going to show me how and take me by the hand and lead me by the steps. Like we were talking earlier this week, uh, you can respond in faith when you know nothing of the answer or the how. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to trust God. And he will show us. <laughs> he will help us. We'll ask him for the wisdom of what to do. And he will give it to us. 
the scripture said, you got to ask in faith. Nothing wavering. What does that mean? Not will he, won't he, he might, we hope so. No, he said, if I would ask him for it, he'd give it to me. So what's going to happen? I'm going to ask him for it. Then what's going to happen? He's going to give it to me. Well, what if he don't? That can't happen. <laughs> that, what, if it doesn't, what if it doesn't happen? That can't happen. Because he said. And I trust what he said. I've made my choice. I trust what he said. Now, other people could make a mistake. Other people could tell you wrong. Other people could intentionally lie to you. Not God. Never has. Never will. It's impossible for him to lie. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Which means you can completely trust everything he says. If he tells you this is how it is, close the book. Amen. That's how it is. right? I don't care what anybody else thinks or says. He can't lie. He's never wrong. He's always got your best interest at heart. He loves you. He cares about you. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So the, the spirit of faith and the spirit of fear is a choice. Every day and in every way. Go, go back with me, if you would, to Numbers, the 13th chapter. We've been, we were looking at that last week, and I want to continue. Now, it would, it would benefit you greatly to just take, take some time and carefully read 13th chapter and 14th chapter of Numbers to understand this, because we're just taking pieces of it because of our time constraints. But thir chapter 13, chapter 14, and really Deuteronomy 1, the first chapter as well, because it's, it's talking about the same thing as this. To read it carefully, because this is, the First Corinthians tells us that uh, these things are written as our examples. We are to learn from what they did. Because even though our covenant has changed, God hasn't changed. What he likes and doesn't like hasn't changed. Faith hasn't changed. The, the way the tempter works hasn't changed. Fear hasn't changed. And all of these things are dealt with in the Old Testament. And so don't neglect your Old Testament. It is the Word of God. And uh, it, it, it stands at his, as it is written. It's true. The thing that has changed is our access to God. Hallelujah. Our covenant, our access to him now is not by keeping the law. It's by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. And he has fulfilled all the prophecies, all the requirements. Thank God. Elsewise, we should still be offering up bulls and goats, whatever the case might be, but he has paid the price once and for all. Now in Numbers uh, 12, you see the spirit of fear, and you see the spirit of faith, and you see how the people made their choices. At this point, a lot has happened by Numbers 13. You remember that uh, uh, the Hebrew people had been in slavery for four centuries, 400 years in Egypt. And eventually, 
there came leadership, Pharaoh, who didn't remember Joseph and all of that. Well, it's been hundreds of years. And now the Hebrew people have multiplied. Their population has, has really uh, expanded and they become a concern to the, he, to the Egyptian leadership. They're concerned that the Hebrew people could rise up and overthrow their domination and control. And so they begin to oppress them and treat them harshly and just work them into the ground and commanded that they had to dispose of all the boy babies. And I mean, it, this is a horrific situation. And God's people cried out to God in their oppression, and he heard them. And he appeared to Moses in that burning bush and sent him and Aaron to confront Pharaoh with signs and wonders. And Pharaoh said, basically, no, no way. <laughs> and uh, they went back and forth and back and forth. And I mean signs and wonders and miracles that nobody had ever heard of or seen until they let them go and even put money in their pockets and said, think well of me when you go. <laughs> and, and they sent them out and God's people came out with a high hand, hallelujah, by the mighty arm and power of God. And he has delivered them. He has healed them. He has provided for them. And all of this is types for us, right? Yeah. Types of what has happened in Christ Jesus. Some say, well, how can that apply to me? Without Christ, you were in bondage. <laughs> you were a slave and experiencing oppression and death. But coming into Christ and being placed into the body of Christ by the new birth, by the Holy Spirit, you are delivered out from your shackles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Out from death and the control of evil. Evil no longer controls you. Evil no longer can lord it over you. And he'll bring you out with silver and gold. Hallelujah. And heal you so that you're not feeble. And get you ready for the promised land. Hallelujah. Now the promised land is not a type of heaven. You'll hear people try to say that. Well, you know, oh, hallelujah. And it flows with milk and honey. That's what heaven's going to be like. No, no, no. Heaven's going to be better than that. What do you mean? And there are no evil enemy giants in heaven <laughs> that you will have to conquer and overcome. No, the promised land, Canaan's land, is a type of the, the blessings and benefits of the perfect will of God in this life, here and now. And so he had told them that he had selected this land for them, picked it out for them, hand-picked by God for them. And now he has got them, uh, gotten them to the border of the Canaan's land. And they sent in the spies, the 12 spies, one from each tribe, uh, and they you know, did a reconnaissance mission of how everything's laid out and who's there. And now they've come back to give the report. 
of what they discovered in the reconnaissance mission. This reason I take time to, to talk about this is that this is a big deal. Can you see this? And the reason that it's recorded like it is, it's not just ancient history. It is accurate history, but it's much, much more. It tells us so much about God, about His ways, about uh, how we are victorious or how we can fail if we follow the wrong example. Tell me who you are. You're born of God. Amen. You're an overcomer. And how do you overcome? This is, the faith. this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. You'll see it in these examples, and you'll see where people didn't do it. In Numbers 13, verse 25, they returned from searching the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word Unto them, So they are giving the report of what they saw and what they found out. Here's the report. Brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They showed them that giant cluster of grapes that was carried on a pole between two men. They showed them pomegranates, figs. This place is a garden. It is lush. It is rich. It is fertile. It, it's... Uh, got plenty of rain. God picked it out for them. And so they told him, We came to the land where you sent us, and surely it flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. That is a good report so far to that point. Good news, glad tidings of good things. That's, that's the gospel. Did you know the scripture says that the gospel was preached to Abraham. Amen. Really? Well, you've got you to understand what gospel is. It's glad tidings of the good things that God is telling you, that he, he has done for you, He is giving you. And so, like we said before, there are hundreds of thousands of people out here listening to this report, trying to hear it and and. Uh, they must have had a good place to speak from and they're really projecting, but then probably there are people passing the message back. Um, and so let's say you are, you know, there's 100,000 people in front of you and you're standing there and uh, you got to remember this, you were born into slavery. Uh, you've never had freedom. You've never owned anything of your own, much less your own land your own vineyard, your own garden, your own crops, your own house, your own barn, your own wine press. And this was the dream that God had told them, not just that it was possible, but that he had already gone ahead and found the place, picked it out, and given it to them. And now they're at the border where it is. These people that they know and believe, have seen it, and are coming back and telling them, and you're standing back, and it, get, it, it filters back to you. Wonderful land. Beautiful. You can see the grapes from where you are. Wow. <laughs> it's really, really true. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not only am I not going to have to live out the rest of my life as somebody's property being worked to death, but I get to have my own house, my own vineyard, my own orchards, my own crops, my own herds. My daddy didn't have it. His daddy didn't have it. Come on, are y'all listening? This is glorious. Till you get to the next verse. And then it all goes away. How quickly you can go from excitement to despair. From faith to fear. Depending on what you hear. Class, are y'all listening? That's why Jesus said, take heed what you hear. Take heed. What, What does that mean? Watch, beware of what you listen to, of what you let not only bounce off of your ear, but what you let get into you. What you listen to and accept and believe. Take heed. Take heed what you hear. So they said, nevertheless, you know, everybody's excited. And they said, well, hold on, hold on now. Nevertheless, what do you mean, nevertheless? What does that mean? That basically means cancel all that. Because it won't matter anyway. Huh? It doesn't matter. That's the most amazing land we've ever seen or heard of. Because we're never going to be there. Hmm? Doesn't matter. Nevertheless means one definition of that is the end of it. It's the end of it. Okay, we went there, we saw it, we told you, but what does that matter? That's the end of that. Because the people that are there are strong, and the cities are walled and big, huge. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Now, these were giants. And there were giants in olden times. Genesis 6 talks about it. And you remember uh, David fought a giant, Goliath. In fact, we're told uh, how many uh, cubits and spans his height was. And it works out to be just under 10 feet tall. 10 feet tall. We're told about Og, who was a giant and a king who had a custom bed made. His bed was 13 feet long and 6 feet wide. (laughs) And it was made custom for him because he was king. Big boys. These These are human beings we've never seen before. And I won't go into all that, but they... They're, they're not on the earth anymore, and, and apparently they're not coming back. So, uh, but they were there at that time. And so you can see how intimidating they could be. The, the, because you can't just fly over in an airplane and drop a bomb on these guys, right? You, you can't roll up in a tank and shoot at them from a, from a distance. Uh-uh, uh-uh. How are you going to take 
the promised land. You're going to have to get toe to toe with these big boys. Right? And who can, who can do that? Who can, who can handle that? So you can see why they're saying this. They said the, the people are strong. And we saw the children of Anak there, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, Canaanites. Was that the Lord had already told them those people were there. Now, I don't know if he told them the giants were there or that they could get that from these words. But he did tell them that the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, he had already told them that. So that wasn't a shocking surprise. shouldn't have been. But then they, when they actually saw him in person, well, you think about it. You're cruising down the road, and you meet a guy that's nine foot nine. <laughs> and his brother is taller than him. <laughs> and these are the kind of guys you're going to have to fight. And before you can, can even get to them, you got this giant stone wall. That how would you even get in there? I mean, there were things to overcome. But their response is one of fear and hopelessness. And they absolutely cast away their confidence and let go any excitement they had about getting the land. Caleb, he stilled the people before Moses. He said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. This is a complete opposite response. Caleb says, let's go. Get your stuff. Let's go take it. It's our land. It's our land. Let's go get it. They said, we can't. He said, we can. We can. We can't. Faith, fear. And it was a choice. It had to be a choice because Caleb saw exactly what they saw. He was one of the ones that went on the reconnaissance mission. He saw the same big guys they saw. He saw the same giant walled stones, uh, stone walls that they saw. And yet, his conclusion is, we need to leave today. <laughs> it's, it's right there. It's right there. Guys, your own vineyards, your own crops, your own houses. Guys, it's beautiful. Let's go. We can do it. We can do it. They said, are you crazy? Did you see the people? We can't do it. Yeah, we can. We can do it now. Let's go. You can't. We can. No, you can't. Yes, we can. You can't. We can do it. There's no way. They saw the same thing. What was the difference? A choice to believe what God said or a choice to be moved by what you see. A choice to compare the giants against God or compare the giants against yourself. Oh, come on, can you see that? To walk by faith or to walk by sight. Can you see why we're studying this? Does this still apply to us today? Oh, completely. 
It works exactly the same way, and our time is up again. <laughs> There's a whole lot more to see. Uh, mark your place there and come back with us tomorrow. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 